Welcome to an all-new episode of the Talking Shop Podcast. This is season three, episode two, hence the new intro music. I like it. I like it. My name is Josh from Grand Slam Cards in Rock Hill, along with Michael, medium rare cards over on Instagram. And in the background, we have It's Cobb over on the gram as well, uh, ready to talk some Talking shop, sports cards, a little bit of TCG, but mostly sports cards. How's it going, Michael? Long time no see. I know. I am coming off of another long weekend. A couple weeks ago, we were at the National, and then this weekend, I had my yearly golf trip. I will get into that. Um, But first, let me do the rundown real quick. This uh, goes over our format. We've changed it up just a little bit, but uh, after the rundown, we'll do the opening rip. We'll talk about my golf trip. I'll make it about me a little bit. Uh, th- and we are at the end of the summer. Kids are going back to school soon. Thank you, Lord. Uh, and that means football season, and we'll talk a little bit of football. Then we're going to go over what's hitting the shelves at Grand Slam. Uh, sort of another light week, sort of the, I think the calm before the, the storm as far as fall products coming into the shop. Then we're going to jump behind the counter, uh, talk about card night three and whether or not we should be targeting some things at card night three. We've got a few questions uh, coming our way that Josh and I will try to tackle and wrestle to the ground. Uh, hits from the shop and then crazy stat of the week. But first... Josh, the opening rip. I had a wonderful time at my golf trip, but I am so, so bad at golf. Josh, if, is there a sport that used to be like clearly better than a lot of folks, but now that if you tried to play it now, it's gone? Like, like, is, were, did you ever do no, any I'm of that? I know that you were a baseball player, right? You were a high-level yeah. baseball player. Still play a little bit of softball, but I mean, my goodness, my skills have eroded. Did you just have a bad weekend, though? That could have been some of it. So there were a couple times where mentally I was like, I'm done. I'm never playing golf again. And then I'd hit this <laughs> nice shot and go, okay, I could still do this. But golf is funny, right? You know, I don't know if you've ever played golf, but you've played competitive sports. And then there's, there's practice. Talk about practice. There's I'm competitive. At, I'm competitive at practice. Let's just if that tells. I you know, that. but so the the difference between golf and other sports is, 
in baseball or football or other sports, you can just try harder. You can like get aggressive and sort of get through a lull. But golf, it's almost the the more you the more aggressive you get, the more you try to just hold on to the steering wheel, the the less control you actually have. It's very frustrating. Yeah, that would be that would be similar to baseball. You just gotta yeah. calm down, take a deep breath, <laughs> refocus. I don't think it. I don't think it helped that it was the last day. The heat index in Myrtle Beach was one hundred eight. Yeah, I I spent my Sunday, part of my Sunday, chopping down weeds and cutting down big limbs with a chainsaw and. I had two of my young kids out there helping me for a little bit of spending money because they're always asking me if they can earn some money. And we were drenched. Oh, it's yeah. like working in a sauna, but it was for fun. Because I'm a hot weather guy for the first time this year. I said, I'm kind of ready for fall. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great segue. I'm ready for fall too. Love baseball. Baseball is uh, winding down. I, I don't know if the playoff picture is set yet um we may talk about that uh in the co- next couple weeks but the thing for me and you could almost it you could almost feel it in the air when when preseason football starts that that fall is is here did you catch any preseason foot uh, preseason football did you catch any preseason football and uh did anything make an impression on you so uh, i didn't watch any live but i did um catch some highlights and I checked in on some of the big, the big names, you know, the ones I'm kind of looking for this year, obviously everyone's got their eyes on Aaron Rodgers. You know, they seem to be looking pretty good, even though Aaron didn't play, the jets look pretty good. looks like he's taking Zach Wilson under his wing a little bit. So let's not write Zach off completely. But uh, I heard Trey Lance struggled, which doesn't, doesn't bode well if Purdy's waiting in the wings or if there's any type of quarterback situation there. Um, Bryce Young struggled, but I heard, I didn't catch any of that, but I heard it was the O-line took the blame for that. They said, we just did a horrible job of protecting him. So, um, there's definitely some, some players we should target and some that we should be careful of. And I have to be careful what I say, cause I want to sell some of these cards as well, <laughs> but I would be very nervous if I was a Trey Lance collector. Yeah. Um, yeah. but not to the point where. You know, look at Jordan Love. I think he looked pretty good, too, uh, if I remember right, what little bit he played. So he was written off for dead, and I sold a great Jordan Love card when he was in the toilet. And uh, so Zach, Trey, any of these guys can end up in the right situation, sit behind someone for a little bit. You know who who was in the game um, for a long time for a starter, and he was getting knocked around a little bit was my guy russell wilson oh really i didn't, um, I didn't get that so the commentary was he looked okay it's certainly a different feel now that sean payton's there um but the overwhelming sentiment was wow payton's gonna put him out there he's gonna make him prove it a little bit so that was cool and then our guy the expatriate the ex-auburn guy jared stidham looked good over at where's he at oakland he is backing oh, up he... Russell Wilson in Denver. Oh, in Denver. I didn't know that. I probably heard so, that. It. Right. So uh, let me ask you this. I know that you don't watch college football. What would it take for you 
to start watching college football? Mm. Mm. For college football cards to really bring big value, I would probably then just by default need to keep a better, closer tab on that. I know as they so get- it would need to be it would need to be tied to cards because you don't have a personal collection connection to college a college. So don't. you interesting. Yeah, I, I think this is this is my hot take for the week. If you went, regardless of who was playing, but if you went to a fall game, it was nice and cool, somewhere in the southeast southeast conference, whether it was Georgia, Auburn. Bama, if you went to a home game for one of those teams and it was a like a nighttime game, you would be sold. Regardless of who I'm gonna shoot were... that theory down right away. I oh, hate man. crowds. I hate crowds and I hate concerts and I hate live sporting events and I hate I hate crowds. So that would do the opposite for me. But Uh, we need like the news ticker. You need like the news ticker here. It's like Jacob threw it onto the screen here. Breaking news. I don't know. I would probably throw that in post, but breaking news. Ezekiel Elliott has signed a one year, $6 million deal with the Patriots. I saw this. I saw it before we went live. There was an article that said it looked like he was. I got a, a notification come across my phone that said he announced that he would probably sign with the Patriots. So I'd actually much rather have the Cowboys running back that's still in Dallas, Tony Pollard, because he's a better running back, in my opinion, than Ezekiel Elliott. But I'm down with this. Another little weapon for the Patriots, something to help Mac Jones out a little bit. Oh yeah, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi are like, heck yeah. Let's 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 get somebody to carry the load and take some heat off of us and uh shorten the shorten the games. Absolutely. This is a great fit. And Belichick has always done as much with running backs as any any coach in the history of the NFL. So I think this is a great move. So as long as Zeke stays healthy, I think he's got some good years in front of him. So thank you for throwing that up there, Jacob. Um, apparently our banter needed a little help. So we'll do some <laughs> news in there. All right. New in the shop this week, Josh. We've mentioned it's a bit light. That's but at the end of the week, there is a heavy hitting product hitting the shelves. And it's got you excited and worried and excited. <laughs> and let's talk about the stuff before that. Uh, some sports stuff, and then the heavy hitter in the shop is a TCG game that everybody's been talking about. Josh, what's hitting the shelves? Yes, so Wednesday, launching uh, Immaculate Collegiate Football, so high-end football product in the collegiate uniform, which will which will make it not quite as high-end, but Immaculate Collegiate hits, hits Wednesday, along with uh, Topps Archive Signature Series, the Retired Player Edition. Those are the boxes with one card, it's a buyback autograph card of any baseball player. This edition is all retired players. Um, Leaf Exotic Football, that's a fun football product by Leaf. It was new last year. Um, that's a Friday launch. And then Friday, like you were teasing, uh, Disney Lorcana, which is a new TCG 
which stands for trading card game. If you're new to that genre, um, it launches Friday. So we're excited. We're I'm nervous because while we are getting more than most stores will get, we're not getting enough. We're not going to get enough to meet the demand. So that'll be a little tricky. Um, but we were chosen to be a, not only carry the product, but we're a sanctioned tournament store. So if we want to run sanctioned Lorcana tournaments, we are authorized to do that. And so that should that helped, I think, with getting a little more product than others and uh, potentially a second wave of that product not long after. So um, I can't vouch for everyone getting a box, but uh, we're going to start carrying it and uh, it's going to be super exciting. Fantastic. So couple things do not sleep folks do not sleep on this uh retired player edition baseball will you get the occasional who's that absolutely but will you are there is there a chance you're going to get a hall of fame autograph absolutely i mean this is you know everybody sort of skews towards the modern player i know there's a modern or a current player edition of this but I've seen some of the cards coming out of this retired edition set. They're, they're awesome. Uh, and then to jump on, um, to add on to the Lorcana uh, stuff, if you're not familiar with it, they introduced Lorcana, I believe it was last year at D23. That's sort of like their Comic-Con at, Giz- at Disney. And the, everybody that attended got a base Mickey Mouse. And so just think of Mickey Mouse in sort of a Magic the Gathering card. And then I'm not sure how they pick these, the pick the people that got them, but there's a six card set. Uh, I think Cruella, um, Elsa, uh, and some other, uh, some other very recognizable characters and that's the beauty about this product uh there's the there's the set right there um if you're watching these cards are beautiful um i believe that initial initial six card set they're all have that foil treatment josh uh, and don't cheat by looking but the grade the psa graded set of this the six cards that what do you think it trades Mm. for Oh, I, I would have no idea. Light graded, uh, what grade? Great. All PSA 10s. I think one sold recently as a set. One set did? I don't know. 50 grand. I don't know. I'm just... I think this one that uh, uh, Jacob just flashed it up there, it was like just a shade under $13,000. That looked raw, though. though that's raw. Yeah, I think so the graded PSA set, 10s. I think uh, the last graded set, was in the is north of fifteen twenty thousand dollars. Nice. So that's what's providing the initial buzz behind this is yeah, that and- this initial set has done so well in the secondary market. It's Disney. It's a TCG game. I guess if there's any any time for me to get get into a TCG game and actually play it. It'd probably be this. I'm a huge Disney fan. And so that. that yeah, I think we've talked about this with Disney owning it. The next expansion could be Pixar or, you know, it could be Star Wars or it could yeah. be 
I think Star Wars won't be one of the original. I think that'll be maybe down the road a little bit, but uh, they have a lot of Disney characters to to start with for sure. But yeah, there it's going to pull from young young kids. It's going to pull from people our age because we grew up with these characters, and um, yeah, it'll be be really interesting. I wish I wish I was getting more. So, Josh, talk to me about how you feel like this game is going to play. Is it going to be more magic or is it going to be more Pokemon as far as the dynamics of how this is going to play? Dynamics wise, it looked like more magic. Okay. Just because it looked like uh, the different cards. Well, and every TCG somewhat plays the same. Um, I don't know if it's uh, like with Pokemon, you're trying to knock their Pokemon out X amount of times and I think to re- I think you got six prize cards you're earning, and when all your prize cards are gone, then you win. Shows you how little I know about Pokemon. But with Magic, each player has a starting health, and you're doing damage to the player. So I don't know in the sense of how it plays that way. From looking at the cards, it looked like statistically it looked closer to Magic, which is probably more what most TCG games coming out with are more like that. There's yeah. been a lot of other new ones lately, and they all have kind of more of a magic feel to them. But uh, as far as the mechanics go, but I don't know enough. Awesome. I'll know. I will probably yeah. get a couple of the starter decks, and then me and my kids will probably learn how to play it. And Fantastic. Then, well, yeah. I'm I'm thinking thinking about dipping my toe in and and actually not just collecting. And opening in a box just to to be part of the hype, but actually learning how to play. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll play it. We'll, we could play a game on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Josh, let's jump behind the counter and talk about one a an event we've got going this weekend, Card Night Three. If you haven't seen it on the socials or you haven't gotten an email about it, you'll be hearing about it leading up to it this Saturday. It is this Saturday from four to nine. Josh, you want to drop some uh, information about that real quick? Yes. So card night three, it's going to be over at Woodhaven Baptist church. This is our third time over there, right? Yep. Yep. Um, So it's right by the shop. So if you're local to rock Hill, you haven't been there. It's just a couple minutes from the shop. So it's really easy. Admission is free. Uh, There'll be some giving away goodies at our tables. Uh, and then anybody can grab their own table. They're either $15 for a six footer or $20 for an eight foot table, set out whatever you want to try and sell. And as customers come through uh, wheel and deal, I don't think anyone's ever done this card night and not made their money back at their table. In fact, the last one, many people told me they did pretty well. So it's not going to be as big as a card show, which is why we don't call it a card show. Um, and we got more room than trade night at the shop. So this is card night, a combination of both kind of a fun little trade night with more room over in the gym. Uh, yeah, just come and hang out, sell some stuff. We are uh, buying. The store is buying. We're in a buying mode right now for singles because we sold so many at the national. So uh, if you have car, we're going to make the rounds. And if you have cards uh, priced right We'll buy them. So, any well, thoughts? this is going to be about you or Jacob or anybody else on the team, but this is going to be my first show post national. And so, 
uh, this little segment behind the counter, I'm going to throw uh, some names out to you. And I want you to say whether you would buy, wait, or it's already too late. <clears throat> buy, wait, or already too late. So let's start with baseball. And the obvious one is Shohei. Buy, no. wait, or too late. No, before Shohei, I'm going to do a really quick and easy one. Wander Franco, sell ASAP. Did you Why see the news? No, I didn't. You haven't see seen the news. news. All right, so he he is not with the team currently. While investigation is pending, he has social media photos uh, with a girl that I think is 13 or 14 years old, and the mother claims that they refused hush money or something like that. And so, oh my goodness, yeah. So it's not looking very good. And there's some pictures of Wander with her and some other rumors. So innocent until proven guilty. I said for Wander's sake, I hope she has a fake ID that said she was 19 years old, but it's not looking very good. So and you could say, I, I shouldn't have said anything. And we could just sell all of our Wander cards for half price to Michael, but now he's not a buyer. So Wander Franco. Too late. I'm, I'm a seller. It's probably, <laughs> sell, yeah, sell, probably sell. too late now, but too for his late. sake, for everybody's sake, I, I hope, uh, I hope it's either not true, which it's not looking like that, or there's a really good reason. So, but he isn't with the team as they're as they're doing a little investigation. So, wow. Okay, but now we'll go to Shohei. <laughs> Shohei, buy, wait, or too late. I mean, you got to buy. You got you always buy if the price is right with Shohei. You know, is it a little too late on some things? Eh, he's got a long career ahead of him. He's going to break some other different records of some kind. I don't think it's too late to buy Shohei. You're going to pay more than you would than you would have, you know, a year ago. But I'm I'm still on the buy train with Shohei. Trout, Mike Trout, buy, wait, or too late. I mean, I think buy as well. His stuff's and because his stuff's slow. He's a he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um, he's still got a few good years left in him for sure. This could be just a little injury stumbling block here of the last year or two. Um, again, all of this is based on if you, if the price is right, of course, right. but I wouldn't go super strong thinking you're going to have a huge, big financial bounce back with him, but his stuff is so low right now. I think he's still a decent buy. Mookie you bets. disagree with any of these. No, if I don't chime in, I will. Uh, that means I agree. So, um, all right, next is Mookie Betts, by weight or too late. Here's the tough part with Mookie, and I say this because I have I now have six plus years of doing this for a living. His stuff just doesn't fetch much, and he's harder to sell. I have no one ever asking me for Mookie stuff. Um, that's the only thing that makes me nervous there is that there's just not a lot of buyers, so if you're buying it, it may be a little tougher to sell it. Now, for how good he is, his prices don't bring what they should. He should his prices should be higher than they are. Um, but so I, I wouldn't be afraid to buy in the financial sense, only in the reselling sense. But also, he's got a he's got a lot of career left in him too, right? At some point, he'll be on a championship team and be doing well. I'm sure because if he's on a championship team, he's going to be a big cog in the wheel. Um, 
Yeah, that's my, I, I don't have a lot of Mookie experience because literally in six years, I can count maybe on one hand how many people have asked for Mookie cards. Interesting. Yeah, this is the only one that I would say that uh, it's a buy. Um, like even more, even strong, even more strongly than you're saying. Um, because if you look at his numbers, I mean, he's, if he just stays healthy, he's, he's almost a lock. Sure. Um, for the Hall of Fame. So um, bye, bye, bye. He's super likable. Uh, he plays for a huge market team. Uh, the, he's going to be playing in September and October. So maybe, maybe just like his potential end ceiling just isn't as high as some, but it would still yeah. be higher than what you could buy him at now, probably. Yeah, he's just not as he's not as sexy as the other players. I mean, you know, like the last guy in base, the last guy I'm going to ask you about uh, under the baseball category, um, you know, he's just not flashy like that. He's just really, he's just really good. So the last guy under the baseball category is Acuna by weight or too late. I think he falls under that Otani umbrella. You're going to now, you, now that you've waited this long, you're going to pay a premium for him, but I've said it two years ago and it's not like it was a big mystery, but like as long as he's healthy, he's super good. Yeah. And I think his last injury, what it was a crash into the wall or something like that, or it was was super fluky. And so it wasn't like, you know, the way he was swinging or something was tearing something up. So I think you buy him. He's going to put together multiple 40-40 seasons, right? I mean, so yeah, I think you're going to pay a premium, but hey, you pay a premium on Brady and you're it, it never has done me wrong. So I think he's just starting to get into that Otani Acuna, you know, level. Yeah, it's, and you bring up uh, Otani. Um, it, it's, it's scary to think that those two might actually be suppressing each other's pricing because they're so good at the same time. So there's one theory that it's sort of the, the excitement's driving up their prices, but could you imagine if just one of them was like the shining star of the league and you didn't have to pick, then all the money would flow to that yeah. one player. Yeah. So I, I, I think, um, I think for me, uh, because Acuna, is probably not going to be seen as once in a lifetime. Like you, no one's every no one's saying Acuna and Babe Ruth in the same sentence, right? Yeah. So there may be an opportunity for Acuna to dip a little bit after the season, but I don't. Shohei is that's just he's probably the most liquid trading. Um, oh card out there i mean sports card out there the only thing that scares me with otani and again you could argue you can fall back on just his hitting but you know he he was out his last start with arm fatigue every now and again he gets a little nagging injury that keeps him out for a so it's like is he really gonna be a 10 plus game winner every year Mm. you know a dominant number one starter and a 40 home run guy every year, or is it just going to be a few of these core fluke years where everything yeah. goes right and he doesn't get injured? It's the only thing that 
kind of scares me with Otani. And if you like Otani, stick around till hits from the shop because we had a sweet one pulled today. That's a little teaser, but that's the only thing. Acuna, I just see he's going to do that 40-40 for a long time, and the Braves are going to win before the Angels are going to win. Although Otani, I'd be shocked if he's an Angel next year. But yeah, yeah. The the thing with Otani though is he could always go to the bullpen. Yeah, and he could always DH. Yeah, and so the longevity piece—it's just yeah. a special. But is his stuff is valuable if he's a bullpen reliever and then mostly a hitter? You know, right? As right. opposed well, to ten twenty game winner. Both of those, if he shows up late in games, that's what people you, look for. You know what I said when he was dealing with injuries so much, and they were trying to get him back, and it was—I said when he comes back from Tommy John, why don't they make him the closer? You only got to pitch him once every couple games, maybe back-to-back rarely, and then DH him every game. Get your 40-plus home runs and your 300 batting average and and then use him as your closer yeah. and save him. Saves. Oh, yeah. He's so much better. They're probably too far behind most games to close to use him as a closer. <laughs> maybe right, let's, let's switch gears. Football. Um, Mahomes, by weight or too late? This is perfect scenario of Otani Acuna. You're going to buy at a premium. Actually, I think his stuff's even a little cool. Buy him in the off season. Someone told me today in the store that you could, uh, they had a downtown Brady and it, it brings X amount of dollars. I said, yeah, just wait. They'll be four and one rolling everybody over like usual and his stuff will be back on fire. So yeah. uh, I think you're always safe. It's like Brady. You're going to buy Brady at a premium. You're always safe buying him you're always safe buying Mahomes. He's he's the one that's kind of now a Sherlock to be just long-time GOAT status. So just you're a little late in the sense of getting a steal, <coughs> but you're safe to buy him. All right. Justin Fields, buy weight or too late? Normally I would say wait, but I've seen he looks really good. So... I lean towards buy now, but me personally, I'm still a wait because I'd rather pay a premium with a sure thing than get a deal on something that's not a sure thing. So that's one way to balance it as well. You know, some people, when they try to sell us a certain quarterback in the store, I'll say, eh, we're not going to buy him yet. Like maybe a Sam Howell or a Desmond Ritter. I said, but I would rather pay more later knowing that he's that he's on the right path then get a steal of a deal now where he's still a big gamble so my okay that's my thoughts along those lines the other justin justin herbert Mm, he makes me really nervous even though he's (laughs) really good um i took a picture of this and i'm like where am i ever going to get to show this off this is the perfect time for me to 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 show this off um I found this at TJ Maxx the other day and uh, you will all get a kick out of this and I'm leaving some dead space here so we can edit this out to me finding it. So I found this the other day at TJ Maxx. Now that we're talking about Justin Herbert, I didn't know when I'd have the opportunity to even show anybody. I took this picture, but I got some men's natural soap of Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert as his own men's soap. But anyway, Herbert makes me really nervous. Uh, 
My fear is that he ends up being a Philip Rivers, a great, long-time, dependable quarterback that is just playing in the era of Burrow and Mahomes and Allen and Fields and all these other young Lawrence. That's my only fear with Herbert. Um, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. Or you, you give me your thoughts on Herbert. He just does he have all the talent and everything? <laughs> Absolutely. But these guys do have to win for their cards to really move. Yeah. They've got to win. They got to do something like Trevor Lawrence did last year come back in a playoff game from wave down, do something not expected, break some sort of a record. Herbert's just going to be a good quarterback for a long time. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I don't even think that he's going to be a really good quarterback. I, Ooh, I, oh, hot I, take. I, I, I think he looks the part. Everybody is rooting for this kid. He looks like an NFL quarterback. I mean, he's a good-looking kid. He's super marketable. But, I mean, he slings the ball everywhere. The arm talent is there. But I just – there's just – I think the it's law of, Well, the law of averages, right? You've got Herbert. You've got – you've got um, Burrow, who's the next guy I'm going to ask you about. There's Fields. There's all these young quarterbacks. The only a couple of them are going to be fantastic, and I just think he is going to fall back. the 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 Chargers are going to give him another couple of years, and then he may end up being. I'm calling it now. I think he's going to end up being a career backup, a, uh, and and people are going to root for him always because the fan base is going to love him, um, because he'll put butts in seats. But hot, he's gonna... hot take. You heard it here from Michael. Here's here's what I've equated this era to. You've got in Brady's prime, Brady going to the Super Bowl and winning the majority of the rings. And every now and again, you got a big Ben who will sneak a couple. You got a Drew Brees that'll snag one. You've got um, mm-hmm. Eli that steals one or two here and there. Aaron Rodgers got his in there, but most of the time it was Brady. This era is going to be Mahomes. Mahomes is going to flirt with the Super Bowl every year, but there's going to be one AFC Championship game where Burrow sneaks through and snags a ring. Burrow, I think, is going to be like the Big Ben. He'll end with a couple rings. Herbert might be that. Philip Rivers just played in the Brady era, and you know one of them, uh, Lawrence. You know, will be the Drew Brees that snags a ring. I just think the majority of it's going to go to Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So that would bring me to the next one, Joe Burrow. I think he'll be the Big Ben. I think he'll be, you know, always battling with Mahomes, like Big Ben and Eli and those guys were always battling with Brady. And Mahomes will get the better of him most times, but Burrow will Burrow will sneak a couple in there over his career. Uh, I'm so on that note, I'm a buy for Burrow. I think he's long time Hall of Fame good. Just think if they could protect him, he he's what he's already flirted with the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship every game he, every year he's played. So that's my take. For me, it's it's a weight on Burrow. It's it's a weight because you can be wrong. All <laughs> all roads lead through Kansas City in the AFC. And it's just tough. 
it's just tough. So, but Mahomes all right. isn't going to win that every year. He's not going to win it every year. Even Brady wouldn't win it every year. Yeah. There was off days. There was bad calls. There was lucky helmet catches. There's going to be something that bounces. Burrow's going to be right there with them a lot of the time, I bet. Uh, the last name here is your guy, Brady. By weight or too late? Oh, always by. Um, Separate, yeah, always, yourself. Separate yourself by. as a fan and a yep. collector. By so, weight or too late for Brady? You're safe. He's just a safe buy, always is. He's going to go down as the greatest of all time. He's your Michael Jordan of the football side. Um, here's another thought. And you hate to you hate to say this, but he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. If he doesn't come back and play, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame in five years. His stuff will spike then. They'll do some big documentary of his life, or you know, you know, like they did with Jordan in ten years. There'll be something. But uh, knock on wood, he's, at some point he'll die, you know. And you don't know if it's sooner than later. So he's one of those guys that when he passes away there's just going to be this huge nostalgic goat greatest of all time. And I think of that, like sometimes you just don't know some of these guys are going to pass away. You know, even the, you know, you just think of the Randy Mosses or some of these guys where Kobe Bryant was a prime example. We did not buy Kobe Bryant rookie cards when they came into the shop before he passed away. And now we'll buy any Kobe rookie that comes through the door. So you can't predict those things, but outside of death, Tom Brady's pretty safe because you still got a Hall of Fame spike and um, his stuff. He's never going to get caught trafficking drugs or, you know, dating 13 year olds. He's going to, <laughs> he's going to be solid. Sorry, Wander, but he's going to be solid and safe. For a long time, you're going to pay a little bit of a premium. You're going to pay, pay the goat premium, just like you would on a Jordan. But I mean, what's the most the most bought and sold card at the National is the Jordan rookie, I think. Yeah. And it's like those are huge money, and it's Jordan, and the card's been around forever. It still brings. So, you can buy again. It'll be a little bit of a premium, but. By, by now, over the next couple years, when he's not in football, his prices will, you know, his downtown's ungraded and kabooms you can get for decently cheap compared to what they used to be. Yeah. And then... I would, for me, he signed a big contract with Fox, right? Like a ten, like a, a gazillion yeah. dollar like more contract. more money than he got playing football. <laughs> right. I would wait. I would wait to see what he's like in the booth what how people react to him as a commentator to see if there's going to be a little bit of a dip if he sucks um i don't think he will he's probably never sucked at anything like that um, you know what's going to happen professional football was what's that he's going to do so well as a commentator and again i know i'm a collector i'm just saying this here's why throughout his whole career he never would give you anything you got you got podium brady and you're Half the time I'm like, come on, dude, be cocky, be funny, be goofy. And he won't be those things, but I think he'll start to be those. The curtain will get pulled back and people will start to really, it's like with Romo. They're like, this guy's actually really smart and he's really funny and he's really likable. And, and all of a sudden he's the best commentator on NFL sports right now. So I think Brady will be that way in the sense that people will enjoy 
listening to him because they've never gotten a real sense of a real person because he's been under Belichick for so long. Right. People loved when he got toasted and threw the Lombardi trophy over the boat. And that just wasn't, you got to peel back the layers and see a little bit of non Belichick Brady. And I think commentating will do that. Hopefully he just doesn't suck as a commentator, but I can't imagine he would. Yeah. Um, all right. Switch gears. Basketball. Uh, you men- already mentioned Jordan and Kobe. By weight or too late for them? Um, well, with Kobe, it's too late to buy low and sell at the super spike, you know. But, um, yeah, anything anything autographed of his, mm. you know, that's that's just the way it goes. When they pass away, there's no more autographs. So autograph stuff of theirs. Jordan's another one, too. He's going to pass away at some point. Heaven forbid it's unnatural, but, you know, he's not a spring chicken. You just never know what happens. So um, I don't think it's too late on those. It, that's kind of tough. There's a lot of these guys you're just going to have to pay a premium, but it's like buying vintage Mickey mantles. You know, you're going to have to pay through the nose for them now, but they just never seem to go down. Right. Um, I remember when we took the store over in 2017, you could get a PSA one Mickey mantle for 10 grand. It was like the most beat up Mickey mantle was 10 grand PSA one. It's just, that was just the going price. Now they're like 20 or 30 grand, 20 if it's bad and 30, if it's a really good looking PSA one. And that's just in a few years it did that. And so how many other cards can you buy at 10 grand and sell at 20 grand a few years later? That's crazy. So Jordan and Kobe, in my opinion, are the same way like Brady. You're going to pay a little bit of a premium, but they're just super safe buys, and they're never going to tank. And at LeBron, some point, Jordan, Jordan. LeBron James. I mean, I'm going by like if if these cards came through the store, we'll buy any LeBron rookie, no questions asked. Like it, They're just safe buys, the goats. And when people are, should I buy Trevor Lawrence or should I buy this or that? By the goats, you just I don't like LeBron, but he's gonna go down as one of the greatest of all time. And um, you know, you're gonna get the you're gonna get the retirement boost, you're gonna get the Hall of Fame boost, you're gonna get the documentary one day boost, and you're gonna get the playing with his son before all that, playing with his son boost. Um, and there'll be a big spotlight on him. And man, if he could snag somehow just sneak out one more ring then you got another spike. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you're, you're a guy and he wasn't on this list. I'm replacing one of the guys that I'd written down by weight or too late on Luca Doncic. Oh man. I think he's by all day long. Yeah. And again, another one that comes through the door will buy any Luca anytime. Um, they didn't make the, you know, the Kyrie experiment. They didn't make the playoffs. You know, normally they sneak into the playoffs and then Luca puts the team on his back and draws all the attention because he carries them with nobody. And he's just going to be an all time. I said it five years ago. The dude's going to lead the league in scoring by the time it's all said and done. If LeBron would just hurry up and retire, <laughs> LeBron's just going to keep widening that gap. But Luca is so young. Like, didn't he come in? A rookie is like 19 or something like that, yeah. 18, 19. So he's so young still. All he does is score. He's not 
driving to the hoop and dunking and twisting and getting injured. He's just going to put up 30 every night for the next 15 years. And I say, I say, bye. He's really low right now. He is. I agree. I agree. All right. One more, uh, actually two more on the basketball side. Um, and I'll combine these to just move things along. I've got Tatum and Booker. By weight or too late? I may have to lean on you for these. Uh, when it comes, this is a little bit of a of cheating because really all the names you said, very few of them are controversial. Right. And a lot of them fall under that. These are really good buys most of the time, especially if the price is right. But Booker is going to be in that Mookie Betts category for me. His, I, ab, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah, his his buyers are very niche and um and his stuff's low for how good he is. He is so good and his stuff is criminally low. Yeah. It's like Ozzy Albee's stuff. His yeah. stuff, it should be uh against the law for his stuff to be as low as it is. Every time I look at Acuna stats, I see, oh, Albee's hit another home run. Yep. All he does is is hit but yeah tatum's another one we'll buy tatum rookies anytime they come into the store you know um as long as you leave us a little meat on the bone we'll buy it because he's gonna get a ring at some point too you know and booker i don't know right that that's just a little unknown so you'd probably be a better answer on these but i know tatum is good enough that any rookie i think at the right price is worth buying right now I think, I think both of them. I think the ceiling potential is yeah. good. I just don't see it on Booker because of the hobby. Yeah, I think you know if you tr- do your best to go f- fast forward twenty five years, I think both of them will end up being in the top one hundred players that ever played. I mean, they're that good. It's just they're just I don't know if they'll ever have the hardware next yeah. to their names to to solidify that. All right, before we leave this segment of behind the counter. Um, two two other guys in two other sports that we do not talk hardly anything about, but he's a household name. Even I know his name, uh, and I don't know any hockey, anything about hockey. But there's this guy, Connor McDavid. Apparently, he's he's on a trajectory to be the greatest ever. He's probably halfway through his career. He's still fairly young. By weight or too late, Connor McDavid. Well, you're asking the wrong person, but um, with that trajectory, I would say bye. I do know the name for being a highly sought after one, but I didn't know. Again, in hits from the shop coming up, we have Alcaraz. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. I never even never even heard of the guy. Got in it. fact, the customer that pulled the card n- never even heard of the guy. And then we started looking up cards. And we were like, whoa, who is this? And then someone gave us a little education on him. Um, so Connor's going to fall in that route for me. It sounds like, from a rookie's perspective, sounds like he's going to be an all-time, and you better buy him now while you can Yeah. before he is. So. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if, the, if, you look, if you look backwards at what Gretzky did, um, he's right there as far as numbers. Now, I don't know if he'll be as beloved as Gretzky uh, and one of the questions that we'll be answering uh, in, in a bit, will tap into that. But yeah, I think it's a buy on Connor McDavid now. Just, just go ahead, 
buy the best one you can get and just tuck it away because that guy's gonna he's gonna be an all time great. All right, let's move on to listener questions. All right, we've got a couple listener questions. Um, Jacob, they're in the banners. Let's get that first one there about damaged cards. Just heard your episode on damaged cards. Can you break down the packaging tips you discussed for beginners like me? And how should I address buyers if they received a damaged card? Josh? Oh, that's tough. So we've... We've talked about in the past packaging the cards. Painter's tape, never scotch tape. People never, hate scotch never tape. Never scotch tape. Please don't never do that. Never scotch tape on a top loader. Use painter's tape. Um, I painter's tape the top load. I sandwich it between two pieces of cardboard, and then I painter's tape around the cardboard and painter's tape around the cardboard. Padded envelope. Never had a problem. Um, how should I address buyers if they receive a damaged card? I would say, wasn't my fault. I packaged it good. I know it. (laughs) Back to the post office. No, that's a tough one, man. I don't know how, I guess it would just depend on the situation, but, um, if it's a low level card and we're a store and the car is damaged and it seems legit, we just take care of the customer. That's all you can do. Um, it's a high end card and this might be something you do on the side. These are your personal cards. Uh, you need to use some good judgment there. Just know you're risking repeat sales with that person and potential bad feedback. So it's tough, but if you package really, really well, you can remedy a lot of that. Your thoughts. Cause you sell personally on eBay and ship some stuff too. So. I do. So, um, do the same thing you do uh, with uh, graded cards. Uh, raw cards, I'll put them in a top loader or team bag and then surround them with, um, and if I can, if I've got time, I don't do this type of volume you do, but uh, what I try to do is if it's a raw card, uh, I'll pull some commons uh, of either that same player or uh, that team. Uh, so if someone buys an Acuna, they're going to get a whole bunch of base uh, brave stuff um, to help protect it. And so uh, if if it's a single card and it's like, and I'm sending it in a, uh, what is it called? Uh, eBay standard envelope, then I won't do that. I'll do that to the point um, for you guys th- that don't know, eBay standard envelope you can ship a single card or cards as long as it's less than three ounces and thinner than a quarter inch, and you can ship it for 87 cents. And so that way you don't sell a 99-cent card and someone's paying $4.99 shipping. It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Um, but as far as if it's damaged, like you said, take care of the person if you can. If it smells funny... If it's like this person's trying to pull a fast one on me, I sent this in pristine packaging. They're saying it's damaged. The pictures look wonky when I ask for pictures or they won't send pictures. Then you're like, you know what? Take that up with eBay or the post office because 
I know I got it to you in great shape. Yeah. So agreed. All right. Next question, Jacob. Could you elaborate on the impact of a card's grade on its value? I'm particularly curious about how subtle differences in grading can affect the investment potential of a card. Let me let me jump in here. So uh, if you collect long enough or you listen to people that collect and invest, you'll hear this term collector, a collector grade uh, or investment grade. So typically from what I've heard is an investment grade on a card is maybe an eight and above. Like that is a card that will increase in value because it's in such good shape. A collector grade, you know, if you're just collecting, if you just want a card of a player you love and don't care about the grade, but you want it authenticated, it really doesn't matter. So, um, but as far as differences in grading, I have an issue with right now with how extreme the difference between a PSA nine and a 10 are. It's, I think it's out of hand. Especially when you look at some of these PSA tens and you're like, really, this got a 10 or we've had lately. It's been like, we've got seen some PSA sixes for instance, or sevens. And we're just studying that card and cannot yeah. find a flaw on it. A six or a seven should be pretty obvious when you lay eyes on it. This is damaged. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like, look, here's the sad, the sad truth of it. PSA is king when it comes to grading and resale value. Will that change? Maybe one day, but it doesn't look like anytime soon. So I would say my bigger issue is the difference between an SGC 10, a Beckett 10 and a PSA 10, or even a, I don't want a CGC, but you know, those top level grading companies, how the price can differ so much from all of their tens and PSA just gets crowned as King. And so people in the store have heard me say it, look, if it's stuff that's going into my personal collection, I'll grade it through a different grading company. Cause I like the looks of the slab better, but if it's a card that I need to resell at some point and get the most bang for my buck, I got to send it to PSA. It's just yeah. <clears throat> necessary evil of it. Um, here's another beginner question we get asked on the phone a lot. I have a 1954 Bowman Mickey Mantle. How much is that card worth? Well, you know, to a beginner, it's that card. What's the card worth? I understand the question, but it varies on the grade so much. A PSA one could be worth, you know, a hundred dollars and a PSA 10 could buy you four mansions in right. Florida. So there's a huge difference in that. So the card's value is based on its condition as one of the value evaluators. So um, here's, here's another example. Someone I was with at the national said, Hey, looking at a Brady Bowman Chrome rookie card. And I can get a, you know, there's a, I saw a nine in someone's case for 2,500 bucks. And I saw an eight for 1500 bucks. This guy wants 10,000. No, he said, this guy has a PSA 10. And I said, is it priced at 10,000? He said, yeah, there's that big a difference between a nine and a 10. And there is. So you got to think to these, the Ken Griffey Jr. Upper Deck rookie card, another perfect example. 
a, what an, an, a PSA eight is like a hundred bucks. I'll just throw these numbers out there. A PSA nine is like 200 bucks and a PSA 10 is like $2,000. It's because getting that 10 is just so much harder than an eight or a nine. And right. so I like that. That's the way it should be. But um, that's how the grade affects the value because getting tens in theory should be really, really hard on a card that's 20 or 30 years old or older. All right, Jacob, one more you pick. Survey says, as someone who's been to a few shows, I'd like to hear your advice on maximizing the experience. What strategies do you recommend for navigating conventions and optimizing card hunting? I will die on this hill. You will sell more cards if your cards are priced and priced correctly, fairly correctly. Um, I shopped a lot of cards at the National, and if they didn't have prices on their cases, I moved right along. And sometimes it's not because it annoyed me, but it's because I need to now get that dealer's attention, and he's 10 people deep. And I just need to know if I have a shot at this card or if it's in the ballpark of what, um, you know. So here is an example. I saw Brady 2022 Contenders Cracked Dice, number to 23, not autographed, not graded, not nothing. I thought in my head, I think that's like 100 bucks or less. I would like to own that card. Excuse me, sir. How much is the Contenders Brady there? He picks it up, flips it over, looks on the back and says 900. I said $900. He said, yes. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. I wasted his time. I wasted my time. He had the price on the card. It was just on the back. And so I thought that guy's out of his mind. I went and looked it up later that night just because I was still thinking about it. And yeah, they were eight or 900 bucks on eBay is what people were asking for him, which I thought was crazy. But anyway, most of the time I don't say, excuse me, sir, how much is that? Because when you do that, you then have opened yourself up to a salesman and if he says $2,000, you say, oh, okay, never mind. You know, then you, then you, you feel inferior if he said, you know, but if you walk by the booth and the card has $2,000 listed on it, I know I'm going to move, I keep moving along. This is not something in my price range that I'm going to buy today. So if it has $200 on it, hey, maybe that's in my price range and I know he'll come down a little bit from there. So that's my shopping exp or my setting up experience. Here's one other tidbit that was really cool. We said the guy bought all of our cards at the National, right? You were there. He bought the person we were with's cards. He bought all of our cards. As he's comping these things and coming up with price and we're just kind of getting to know him, we said, hey, what makes you stop it at our booth or someone's booth and make an offer to buy all of their cards? Because you could do that in any booth. What was special about ours? He said, if I go by a booth and their cards, they've got a hundred dollar. I know an upper deck Ken Griffey Jr. PSA eight cards, a hundred bucks. If they've got 300 bucks on it, I don't stop. I'm not going to deal with them. We're going to be too far apart. Their prices, they're either not good at pricing or they're not realistic with their prices. He said, if they've got 130 on it, all right, that's close enough to comps. I know I could work with this person. And so sometimes by pricing your cards and pricing them appropriately, you might stumble on to someone that says, 
I want to buy every card you have at 75% of eBay comps and I have cash right now. That's my, and I'll die on that hill. I know you've disagreed with me on that in the past, but I will die on that hill. It's a ton of, ton more work. I get it. And you're not being able to like, the idea is that they're going to ask about that card and then you've got them in your grips and you can negotiate and you can give them the sales pitch, but you're going to waste a ton of breath. Your turn. Well, I would, <clears throat> I would encourage you to reference the 10 things that we learned from the national episode. Uh, so, so go back, take a look at that episode, but I, you know what, I've come around to that. Uh, um, I haven't set up at a lot of shows. I'm not a professional at this, but if you looked at my setup from uh, when I first started to when uh, to more, my more recent shows, it was, I split it. The first few shows I did, I priced everything. The last few shows I did, I did not put pricing on there. And Maybe it was a function of the market cooling a little bit. Maybe it's a function of the cards that I had to showcase, but I did sell more when I had the prices on the card. So, yeah. And sometimes like if you, if you say, Hey, I went to a show, I didn't price anything. And man, I did more at this show than I've ever done. That could have just been a really hot show, the right time, yeah. you know, smaller shows where it's a little more informal and a little more personal. You know, some people are a little more likely like, Hey, let's talk about this card and negotiate with it. But I just think at the big shows, I literally just moved on from, unless it was a card, like I just had to ask about or like that $900 one, I really thought those are like 50 bucks. And so I'm going to ask him. And if he's in that ballpark range, I'm going to buy it because I wasn't afraid of it being $900, but I should have been, but my thought now the question does say what strategies do you recommend for navigating conventions and optimizing card hunting here's here's two things i like to like i do at a shopping mall when i'm looking for a pair of pants i browse all the stores and see them all and then i go back to the one and buy the one that i want your risk at a card show is that card not being there when you come back and we saw that like you said in that episode the card you had your eyeball on if you see a card you want it the price is right. You better snag it because at a card show, it's probably going to get snagged. So be careful with that. If a card show like the national, I kind of spent that first day just kind of perusing everything for the most part. And then it was like, all right, I feel like, I feel like now I need to go back and buy some things. Cause I, I don't want to spend my budget right out of the gate and then stumble upon some cool things after that. And now I don't have any money to, to spend, but you run the risk if you do that of missing out on the card. Now we've arrived at what is becoming probably the most popular segment of the show because some of the cards we're seeing have just been bangers, especially lately. Hits from the shop. Josh, uh, Jacob's going to put yep. Jacob's going to put these on the screen, and uh, let's go over some of the things that have come from everybody. The shop. Like, everybody likes to see cards that are pulled from the shop because that means the everyday buying customer is supporting a local shop. And pulling some great cards as well. Nobody wants to hear about rich people at card shows buying expensive cards. That's not us, but you see that all the time. Like, hey, look, this guy spent 50 grand on this card. You want to see cards that people are pulling out of the packs at the local hobby shops. 
Uh, this year's Prism, remember we talked about those manga inserts? Uh, we got a couple of them. This was pulled, I kid you not, today by a young man, a teenager, um, who bought a Prism hobby box, came back into the store and showed us this card. So very sweet manga insert. Uh, customer sent me this. This is the second Sub-Zero I've seen pulled from this store, the Jordan Walker that we pulled in the break. And then uh, I know this isn't Jordan Walker, but it's Michael Grove. It's This card's numbered minus five out of zero. So that's that Sub-Zero Topps Chrome insert. Really cool. Uh, not super low numbered, but anytime you get a sweet looking Otani like that, this is out of that new Topps Chrome Platinum Anniversary. We sold multiple cases of this product since it's come out. Uh, we are sold out currently. I'm working on getting some more. But a customer hit that. I think it's numbered to 99 or 50 or something. Uh, nice little Desmond Ritter out of score. Score hobby boxes don't cost an arm and a leg. You get four autos. This was one of them that a customer pulled. I can't remember what it's number two, but it's pretty low numbered. And this was the big one we were talking about. So the customer pulled this and I was like, hey, you know, that could be pretty good, I think. I mean, it's got Nadal on it. Um, this card is a one of one. So we looked up, quickly looked up a Nadal Leaf Auto that was numbered to eight and it sold for like 750 bucks. And then we're like, I don't know who this Carlos Alcaraz is. We started looking up dual autos of theirs and it was like big, big money. We value, we roughly value this one at maybe 1500 bucks. So, and I learned that dude is really good. Apparently, He is. Uh, select draft. It's a cheap product, but you know me, I'm a sucker for tie dyes. A customer pulled this Josh Allen tie dye number 25. Uh, also thought this was cool. I think this came out of the same box. Doug Flutie auto, just very unique. We thought it was picture worthy. That's a one of one. It's a little first round bound Anthony Richardson rookie auto for the Colts. That's a one of one. If I remember right. Uh, and then we have a little bit of a Leaf Vibrance run. So Leaf Vibrance is two premium autos per box. And here's just some of them. Wayne Rooney. Uh, we'll just kind of mow through some of these. Uh, dual Joe Montana, John Taylor. That's a pretty cool 49er lovers cool. card. Uh, speaking of, you know, nowadays it's hard to find a card Joe Montana hasn't signed. I know, but <laughs> there is a there's a nice Joe Montana auto. Uh, look at that. You don't see Giannis on the cards very often, but uh, customer hit that one as well. Uh, the new set, Obsidian Flames Pokemon. We've been selling the Daylights out of it since it launched last Monday. Uh, this is one of the big chasers out of it, the Charizard EX Gold. A uh, little four-way auto. Uh, leave your... Leave your comments. Why are these four on the same card? There's always kind of a connection between these two. Anthony Munoz, Jim Covert, Walter Jones, and Willie Rofe. I don't think the connection is they're all linemen. If you have any reason, they all went to the same college or they all did something similar. I don't know. If you can figure it out, leave a comment. We were trying to figure it out in the store. Uh, Urban Meyer, you and I saw him walking around the National a couple times, so that was cool. Uh, the Temple of Boom, Jose Canseco auto. I like the design of that car. We got Emmett Smith auto. It's always a good day if you can pull one of his autographs. 
Sosa, back when he was uh, African American. Just kidding. You can you can edit that out. <laughs> yeah. You have to edit that out, or we'll get canceled. But I'm, I had to say it. Oh. <laughs> Here we've right. got uh, Sammy Sosa Auto. <laughs> Inside joke there. Rookie Phenom, Danny Gray. Just a nice little jersey piece. That was, uh, I think a customer pulled that out of uh, a blaster. So he was proud of that one. It's a sweet looking card. We said, oh, why couldn't that have been uh, Brock Purdy? Because it's from the 2022 stuff. But number to 10. That was number to 10. Uh, Spencer Rattler, big old jumbo patch out of Leaf Trinity. Number to 30. See him in next year's draft, right? This Quinn Ewers, I don't know enough about him. For some, Someone told me his stuff sells pretty good. Maybe he doesn't have a lot of it out there. That is a one-of-one, one, so I'm like, hey, let me take a picture of that one. That's pretty sweet. Uh, Trey McBride, uh, no, this is a one-of-one, one, so one-of-one one autos are always worthy. It's a rookie out of Leaf, Trinity. And then um, the first manga that we saw come out of the shop, Cal Ripken. These cards are just really cool. I think that's the – someone told me today they hit a Ricky Henderson uh, manga, so we're hoping to get them to send me a picture of that as well. And then the last one, this was pulled today out of our wow. verb. Bowman's Beck Hobby Box. Um, yeah, it's definitely a good day if you can pull a die-cut numbered on-card Shohei Otani, rookie, not rookie, autograph. And there you have it. And that was hits from the shop. Like always, we don't get everything that's pulled from here. Those are just a few of the ones that get opened in the store. All right, Josh, let's wrap things up. If you guys have made it this far in the episode, thank you. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, leave a review. Um, ask questions. We'll do our best. Um, but uh, we're going to wrap things up with crazy stat of the week. And I actually have. You have one? Two. Have okay. Two. I've got one or two. You start with yours while I pull okay. mine up. So uh, in honor of the NFL preseason, um, do you know that the only, what, what's the, uh, <clears throat> in honor of the NFL preseason, Josh, do you know the only team to go winless in the preseason, and win the Super Bowl? Patriots. And wrong. I knew you were going to. Well, I just figured that. Brady never plays the preseason hardly. Blah, and so. blah, blah. It was actually the 1982 Redskins. It was a short strike-shortened season, and they went 0-2 and ended up winning the Super Bowl. On the other side of that... Name the two teams that went 4-0 in the preseason and then went 0-16 in the, in the regular season. Browns? Is one of them. And? Jaguars? Lions? The Lions. Was the Those would be fairly so, recent then, right? Yes. 2008 Lions, 2017 Browns. Both went 4-0 in the preseason, 0-16, oh. I was on a little kick seeing if the preseason meant anything. It Apparently doesn't. Not. So, all right, Josh. I will say I use out. this 
I use this analogy all the time in the shop too. A lot of people don't remember because a lot of people have gotten into the hobby after this, but Otani had a really bad preseason when he was first, uh, first a rookie. And I remember people going, this dude ain't going to be able to hack it over here in, in America. And he just, his preseason was horrible. He's getting rocked, but all right. I have two stats as well. These are, um, these guys are twins. Apparently both for the San Francisco giants. I don't know if you know, Tyler Rogers and Taylor Rogers. Um, they're ERA. One has 2.54. The other is 2.52. One has 45 strikeouts. The other has 46 strikeouts. And their whip is both 1.09. They're identical twins for the Giants, and their stats are almost identical. That's, That's crazy. crazy. So, and then the other one to, to end up on, um, you remember the other night, uh, what's his face for the Phillies through the no-hitter? Did you see the highlights of that? I did. Uh, so four pitchers and four pitchers only have played in the majors after attending Fullerton Union High School in Fullerton, California. So four pitchers are the only, only four pitchers have come from, there are four pitchers that have come from that high school that played in the major leagues. Now, after this one the other night, all four have thrown a no-hitter in the MLB. That's bananas. This, this, uh, this meme says, uh, this is simply an incredible baseball fact, most amazing ever. So, That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. Four pitchers have come out of that high school to go pro, and now all of them have thrown a no-hitter because there's like just a couple hundred no-hitters in history, right? Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Well, with that, we're wrapping up another episode. Thanks again, Josh. Thank you for your time. Thanks. Always good spending time with you on Monday evening. Jacob, thank you for producing. Guys, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Peace.